Yeah, hi, this is Brett White from the Being Leaders podcast, and welcome to season two. You know, I'm really excited about this season where I've been having some incredible conversations with some amazing young and emerging leaders from around the world, in Cambodia, in London, in Melbourne, in Sydney, sharing their stories, their insights, their limits, their learnings, and their challenges of their leadership journey so far. So thanks for joining us, and I know you'll get great value from these emerging, young, and inspiring leaders from around the world. Our special guest today is Penny Lee, a transformational coach based in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. An incredible young woman, a former corporate M&A lawyer in Sydney and in Hong Kong, she moved to Cambodia two years ago to reconnect with her roots. She helps change makers, executives and inspiring leaders hone their authentic leadership skills for more purpose and impact in their lives. And an emerging, experienced and evolving leader, it's great to have Penny on our podcast today. Well, welcome everybody to the Being Leaders podcast. And it's so exciting for me today to have Penny all the way from Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Welcome to the podcast, Penny. Hi, Brett, and thanks so much for having me on your podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. It was a bit of a highlight for me to get to meet you in person when I was in Phnom Penh a few weeks ago. And we connected really well, and I feel like we have a lot uh, of similar passions about leadership and leadership development. And so I am really excited to hear a little bit of your story. Um, You are in Cambodia, but you've only been there a little while. Tell us a little bit about how you've landed in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Mm, Well, thank you so much again for letting me have this opportunity. Um, I guess in, you know, in 2019, I was the definition of corporate success. So I was this high-flying corporate M&A lawyer uh, living in Hong Kong, and I was the head of legal for Australia's largest retail bank in Hong Kong, and everything was going great. I loved my life uh, until I received some bad news, and I was going to lose my job along with everyone else in the office. Wow. At the end of, <laughs> yeah at the end of 2019 and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next but thankfully I heard Cambodia call me and though I was born and raised in Australia my family are Cambodian and I've actually yeah so I've I've actually never identified as Cambodian before but I decided to just pack a suitcase and I moved to Cambodia and decided to give back for a year and volunteer full-time for a children's charity, um, which is actually how you and I ended up meeting. This is true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and along the journey, I evolved into a transformation coach uh, based here in Phnom Penh. And what I do now is help change makers, executives, and aspiring leaders hone their authentic leadership skills for more purpose and impact. And I think... Thanks. Um, I think for me, the authentic leadership skill piece is really important. And I think you and I are quite aligned on this. And I'm talking about combining head and heart skills. So strategy, big vision, analysis, financial results with with the heart skills of empathy, kindness, compassion, motivation and influence. So Mm. that's where I am today now um, after my journey. (laughs) So so tell me a little bit about the reconnection to 
sort of Cambodia Khmer culture, um, you know, as an adult, how has that been for you over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think um, growing up and especially growing up in Australia and coming from a family of refugees, all I wanted to do was fit in in Australia. And so I really, I guess, rejected my Cambodian heritage. I didn't want to know anything about it. I didn't really understand what had happened during the Khmer Rouge regime. And I, I kind of just went through life and just doing my thing until I moved to, to Hong Kong and I was probably in my fifth year, my last year of living in Hong Kong and I'd ended up living there for six years. Um, but I met what's called um, the Cambodian Society and it's oh. basically a diaspora group of Cambodians living and working, predominantly Cambodians living and working in Hong Kong. And up till then, I thought I was the only Cambodian living and working <laughs> in Hong Kong. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, it, but it turns out um, there were about 150 of us in Wow. Total. Okay. Um, and, and, and through this community that I met at the beginning of 2019, so remember I got laid off at the end of 2019, I would say my Cambodian connection really started at the beginning of 2019 when I found this community and it really felt like um, I'd, I'd found maybe like a second family um, and that was something I didn't even know was missing. Yeah, wow. That's an exciting um, journey for you after so many years um, living and working as, you know, in kind of you know, Western culture, um, then Hong Kong in the corporate world. This is like mm-hmm. a, a massive shift uh, to, to be working uh, in Cambodia. How have you found that transition? Yeah, I think I when I moved here, I really wanted to discover, I guess, my home country. I wanted to know what what were the people like, what was the culture like, maybe how different was I? Could I could I fit in? Um, where was my place? And I came in with a really open mind. Yeah. And I think that is what really allowed me to come in and see Cambodia for what it was. All of the amazing things, the potential, um, so much of the amazing changes that we have seen and the development in this country. And of course, Cambodia is not without its um, challenges, uh, which which continue to need to to be addressed. Um, But just seeing that, I guess, almost with new eyes was really life-changing for me. And I came here and, I mean, I, I have this vision now to really come to give back and my vision is to empower the next generation of change makers in Cambodia um, through this adaptive and authentic leadership approach. Mm-hmm. It's interesting this um, sort of season two of Being Leaders podcast is focusing on um, emerging leaders and looking at you know what are I guess you know the limits the lessons and the learnings that mm. um, we we can get I mean in you know, I mean, I'm in my 50s now, but I still, in so many ways, consider myself still emerging. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fully there yet. But I'm just really passionate about hearing from younger leaders like yourself mm-hmm. who've had some experience and some journey, some challenges. You know, you've learned a whole bunch of stuff to kind of hear some of your sort of leadership story, your challenges. You know, as a young emerging leader. Um, and use that to help other emerging leaders around the world be encouraged and grow in their own leadership journey. So 
kind of leading segging segue into that question you know what has been one of the biggest challenges for you as a young emerging leader i i would say um being young being female and being asian yeah, and not wow. just being asian you know i'm, I'm cambodian and there's, there aren't many of us um there weren't many dip, i didn't come across any in sydney yeah. definitely not in hong kong but but being that combination that trio in corporate and I worked for a long time predominantly in a white male dominated profession you know, in, in, in law um, and the bias that's attached to that and I would say it's inherent bias that I experienced was quite difficult so I, I would say it resulted in just my challenge was being taken seriously yeah okay um, that was that was um, challenging for me to navigate yeah. Um, and even when I moved into a senior leadership role, you know, I became the head of legal. Um, and I've, I've, I guess I've always been a leader because I was running my own, own deals and transactions from, from quite a young age. Yeah. Um, learning to find my own voice and a voice that was um, true to myself was, was something that I found quite challenging. Um, so, yeah, it's been... It, it, it's been a, there have been a lot of challenges and my journey hasn't been an easy one. So I would say being taken seriously yeah, um, right. when you look the way that I do and did um, at the time um, and then having to find my own voice um, and find my, you know, my, own, my own way. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, today's International Women's Day. Um, and mm. so, you know, this, this conversation um, to me is, you know, it's exciting to hear and to learn from your experience as a young, uh, successful uh, woman leader uh, in the world. And how did you overcome kind of those challenges as a young leader, as a young female leader um, of, you know, not being taken seriously um, or being treated differently or not getting the same opportunities? How did you sort of overcome and keep kind of pressing on and moving forward? Uh, I think what I, what I realised along the way was that if I was really good at my job, then I could always rely on that and that was what really got me through. So I dedicated myself to always learning and to being curious and open, and especially, you know, as a junior, I would really um, put my hands up for opportunities so I could learn more. And I always wanted to be a corporate M&A lawyer. Um, yeah. And so for me, um, keeping an open mind for when opportunities came up that I was able to participate in and then taking the learnings from that and learning from my mistakes allowed me to then, I guess, build up a knowledge base and then build up competency in my role. And so that would play out in, in negotiating a deal, for example. I'd yeah. be in, you know, in a boardroom with the investment bankers and all the other lawyers. And often I would have to prove myself first, almost before you know, being able to have a seat at the table. And so I would always go back to negotiating a deal with logic and reasoning. And I really had to learn how to think very quickly on my feet. Mm. Um, and, that, and, and I think once, I, once people knew that I knew what I was talking about, that built the credibility, but it was always that hurdle that I felt I had to get over first in order to even have a voice in the room. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, a lot of the challenge that we see for, you know, female leaders in the world today. Um, and let's hope that that changes, right? 
um, because I think, you know, we talk about equality and the fact that you kind of had to prove your, yourself before you could even um, get a seat at the table mm-hmm. uh, just continues, I guess, to show uh, where the gaps are um, mm-hmm. in kind of like the leadership uh, sphere. I'm curious to know if there were kind of limits that you or even others put on you in in kind of your journey as a leader. Uh, I would say the the limit was always that stereotype and then being underestimated. Yep. So, so, so I talked about how that led to me having to prove myself. Um, uh, I think the other limits and, and all that others put on me, I think quite difficult sometimes for women, especially is not being supported by other women in leadership. Okay. And, and some of, some of whom were my own direct managers or bosses. Yeah. So, you know, it results in um, you're not encouraged by someone who you're reporting to or being supported by them or being developed by them. Um, And so I felt it hindered me because I really was left to work it out on my own. And it's a lot to navigate because for me, there was the cultural bias that was being female as well, plus trying to work out the politics of whichever (laughs) organisation. It's a lot. Um, And so I would say that that really, I mean, it it definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone and I I learned so much on my journey, but it was, um, it just wasn't easy. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, so I would say that that was probably one of the challenges, quite, quite a, um, a hard thing to navigate at times when you really felt you needed um, the guidance of your boss and it either wasn't coming or just um, was hard to get. Sounds like you had to have a fairly good level of resilience throughout your journey. Yeah. I mean, maybe that comes from being Cambodian, right? <laughs> well, uh, it's very true. They are a very resilient um, culture for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the resiliency is definitely a key part of it, but also um, ba- I backed myself a lot. And, yeah. and there's a difference, I would say, between I think being a, a bit, you know, boasting about your abilities and maybe perhaps being a bit arrogant about your skills, but actually backing yourself in a way. And I, as I said, I come back to the education piece. Um, know your work, know your competence and continue yeah. to develop. And that's what I really relied on. And that helped me with my resiliency. Yeah, I have a word, I, I kind of use a phrase, um, humble confidence. Mm. Um, you know, so I think, you know, lead, great leaders are confident, but they're not arrogant. Um, mm. There's that humility uh, about them, that that empathy and the curiosity, which you spoke about uh, earlier on, which I think are really uh, important for, for great leaders. Yeah. So thinking about that story, um, you know, what do you think senior leaders need to do better um, or different when it comes to developing emerging leaders? I would say recognising, encouraging and investing in emerging leaders early on. And we all know from day one or very early on who is that kind of emerging leader. You know, they're responsible and accountable, reliable, they're trustworthy, proactive, they care, they want to be there. Yeah. And, and so, you know, even for me, looking back, I wish that someone had tapped me on the shoulder and, and said, you know, hey, I noticed that you're, you're a recognised emerging leader. And, and the question that I would love to have heard is what more can we do to support you? Yeah. 
So, so I would say if, if senior leaders can, can ask that question and even first of all recognise that there is, there is talent that needs to be nurtured, ask that question and perhaps even um, offer mentoring because I think mentors, whether formal or informal, are so helpful to, to emerging leaders just trying to work it out. Um, so that, even that would have been helpful to me, or even perhaps a, an invitation to participate in a young leaders management program. Yep. Um, and, you know, part of talent retention, recognize them, invest in them um, and develop them. I think those uh, three things are amazing. Um, I mean, the recognition goes a long way to have people um, recognize that you have leadership uh, potential and um, leadership capacity just to have that acknowledged can be such um, a lift uh, and encouragement to an emerging leader. Yeah, I completely agree. And it, too often we, we don't see enough of that. We just kind of expect them to be a certain way. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I really strongly believe in that. And I think sometimes leaders, uh, when they see a young kind of rising star, you know, someone that they see has great potential that, other leaders can feel a little bit threatened by that and, and therefore, you know, they don't um, acknowledge them in the way that I believe a great leader should. Mm. Yeah, I've, I feel like I've, I've definitely experienced that. And at the time, I wasn't sure what, the, what that reaction was yeah. um, from the leaders, right? You don't expect that. And you don't consider that you could in any way threaten or intimidate anyone. But on reflection, I realise now that maybe perhaps that was going on. Um, for someone who is, uh, you know, really passionate and uh, really enthusiastic uh, and just wanting to get in and, and, and do a good job. So, yeah. mm. so the, if you could go back and tell your senior leaders something, your line manager, um, what would you encourage them to be doing as, as leaders of emerging leaders? Yeah, I, I strongly believe in this one too. And I would say I would tell the senior leaders that it starts from the top. Yeah. The tone, the culture and the mindset of leadership starts from you as senior leaders and the executive team and it filters right down through the organisation. And you're the ones that the staff look to to set the example. Um, I, I would also say that for senior leaders, recognising that your own leadership journey is lifelong is so important mm, yeah, and, sure. and to, to being dedicated to your own improvement as a leader and self-awareness of that journey. Um, and I see this in organisations. Uh, they, they seek, for example, feedback from their peers or their counterparts or other senior leaders, but not necessarily seek upward feedback from mm. their own team members. And mm. part of it is I think they're scared to seek that. Um, or they dismiss it as not important. And I wish that organisations would incorporate more of this in the performance um, review process because it's so important to know how you're tracking against, um, according to your own team, who you're meant to be developing, mentoring, et cetera. Um, and so that's definitely something I've always wanted to say. And, and I actually had said it in the past. Yeah. You know? um, anyway, coming back to the point on the self-awareness, uh, Knowing themselves better, knowing yourself better as a senior leader also allows you to understand your emerging leaders better. Yeah, yeah, I, I think agree. That, that's all part of, um, part of the starting from the top. I think that feedback 
um, piece that you mentioned is really important. You know, I see in great leaders that I kind of admire, they have a just an openness and a willingness to invite feedback from those they're leading, those that are around them. Mm. Um, you know, they've recognised that feedback, you know, given in the right context is is powerful for growth and development at any level. Um, and I do see that in great leaders, that kind of hunger almost to receive feedback from the people that they're leading because they know that that's going to help them be a better leader. Mm. Yeah, I see that too. And I love that when they're so open about yeah. it, when they're encouraging of it uh, and willing to listen. I think that is a hallmark of a great leader. So what's been your greatest learning or, or your greatest lesson um, along your kind of leadership story? Reflecting on my own journey, I would say that everything that's happened to me, all of my mistakes, my challenges, my yep. career leadership journey, it's taken me 16 years in four countries and it's shaped who I am today. You know, I remember what it was like as a uni student, not knowing even what major I was going to pick, what job I would get. <laughs> then I remember being a graduate and working and wondering, is this it? Is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? And then slowly I made my way up the corporate ladder in law firms to being the head of legal. And then I went on the other side and became this volunteer, um, a mentor. I, I launched a, a talk show um, with a friend of mine and also became a nonprofit board member. Um, and finally evolved into this transformation coach. So my greatest learning is that I've realized my journey helps others yeah. because they see themselves at certain parts of my story or on my path. And so I love being of service to others in helping them transform and taking ownership of their own story. Yeah, I think that's really such a great you know, thing for us to learn, a great awareness for leaders. You know, often we see different elements of our journey kind of as an end in of themselves. Whereas, you know, when you look at your story um, of each of the parts that all of those experiences and career opportunities and moving to different countries and involved, you know, on a board for a not-for-profit and to where you are now, you can see that all of those parts of your journey played a significant role in developing you in who you are. You know, there was lessons and learnings and challenges and life lessons mm -hmm. in all of those pieces mm -hmm. that have helped you get to this place where you are now. And now's not the end of the story, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just the beginning in many ways. Um, and taking and taking all of the things that I've learned to help others as well. Um, and they found that very helpful in just helping them navigate. So uh, I'm very grateful that I get to be in this place now to be of service. And I never yeah. thought I would be here, but here I am. It's awesome. I'm glad you're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so a big thing that I hear coming through a lot of what you say is your heart for helping other people, um, for investing in emerging leaders, for coming alongside, for mentoring, for coaching, for seeing kind of transformation. It's kind of like, that's been a bit of a, a theme in your story, but it also feels like it's kind of pivoted where now that's kind of your focus and that's where you're putting kind of your energy. 
Does that mm, make sense? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's a beautiful way of putting it. So thank you. Um, my own transformation is something that has allowed me to help see see it in others, the possibility in others, and help assist them get there. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a scary process because I, as I reflected, I think about all the little decisions that I've made that have in turn joined to create this entire transformation in me. And you know, some people would say I'm a bit crazy, and maybe I am. <laughs> It's a good crazy, um, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always been the one to kind of step out of my comfort zone. And so I help people do that. And I love being able to do that. So, um, yeah, definitely very fulfilling for me. I was just thinking, you know, this idea of sort of stepping out of your comfort zone. I think for a lot of emerging leaders, that's often one of their challenges, right, Is is to take some of those risks. I mean, sometimes they don't probably get the permission to do that. But what? how would you encourage a young leader to step out of their comfort zone a little bit more? I think this one comes back to a real key thing I, I talk to a lot of my clients about, and that's honestly just be yourself. Yeah. Um, who you are as you are is enough. Yeah. And often I see emerging leaders trying so hard to be someone that they aren't and they act a certain way because that's what's expected or that's what they think is the right way to act or to be. Yeah, okay. but, but actually it comes across as, as not that genuine um, and people can tell right away. So I yeah. would say if people put less pressure on themselves to be someone that they are not mm. and will never be, mm. that will allow them to be more confident in their own skin. And once yeah, you're confident good. in your own skin, you can start to step outside your comfort zone. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, so thinking about that, what would be the advice if you could give that some advice to emerging leaders, what is it, you know, that burning in your heart that you're passionate about that you would, apart from what you just said, you know, Mm -hmm. being yourself, um, what would you love to impart to other emerging leaders? Uh, I would, I would say, Please find a mentor or a supporter in your own organization or outside if you can't find outside of your organization if you can't find one and and ask them for tips or suggestions on how to improve as a leader. Um, You know, the ones that you really see role model the kind of behavior that you are inspired by or you look up to um, and be curious and learn from them. Uh, I remember not even... um, knowing that a mentor, the concept of a mentor even existed. Um, mm. And so now I'd love to be able to say, if, if you can find someone who can, who can be that sounding board, who can help you along the way, that would be so invaluable. Yeah, and I would, I would give that message to senior leaders and experienced mm. leaders and leaders who feel like they're more at the other end of their leadership story is to find mentees, mm-hmm. um, make yourself available uh, yeah. as a mentor for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that is fantastic advice and all the emerging leaders out there, find yourself a mentor, someone who's travelled the road a bit more than you or has, you know, a higher capacity than you and, invite them into your story to 
speak life and energy and hope and promise and you know all those things that we need as mm. young emerging leaders someone yeah. who can believe in you um and and speak truth um mm. you know we need that um particularly as young emerging leaders we need someone who can be really honest and go that behavior is just not good um you know or you know you need to develop this area of awareness around you know who you are and where you're headed yeah, I love that. And I would add one thing, if I may. Go for it. Um, there is no pressure on having to find someone. So as I said, in your organisation would be great. But actually, if the person you're looking for isn't isn't in your industry, um, that could actually be also just mm. as important and powerful because yeah. an outsider's perspective from someone who has more life experience um, learn from their own mistakes is actually something that could give you a really good perspective on your own situation. So it doesn't have to be in the same industry or organisation. I say that because it's probably the easiest to find, yes. um, but, but, but not to rule out anyone who you actually just really um, gel with, someone you connect with well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, yeah, I, I open, open more doors. Um, don't just kind of look. Uh, in the one area because, mm. you know, leadership, you know, it, it works differently in, in different spheres and different organisations, you know, in different uh, styles. And there's so many different things that we can learn from different environments, different walks of life, different cultures. Uh, so, yeah, I think look outside your little box, you know, mm. um, and you find that you might discover, you know, someone who can really add some incredible value to your leadership journey. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. That's a very great summary. Well, I want to say a massive thank you. I, I love your story. I have been personally inspired by it. I love that you've gone back to Cambodia or, or gone to Cambodia <laughs> uh, as, a, as a Cambodian, uh, that you're learning the culture, uh, that you're mm. learning the language. And, mm. like, I struggle to learn Khmer, I've been obviously working in Cambodia for nearly 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. So I just, I think it's so good that your story has brought you back uh, to Cambodia and that you are now investing in people there and the culture there. Uh, and I just, you know, I'm excited about, you know, what is going to happen in and through your story moving forward. So thanks for taking the time um, to have this conversation. I know that, the things that you've said and shared will add value um, to young emerging leaders around the world and some of those senior leaders that needed to hear some of those things as well. So thank you so much. Thank you, Brett, just again for giving me the space to, to share my views and for seeing me and for seeing me in the way um, in which you have and for recognising my story um, and, and just developing this amazing platform. I'm so excited to see how your podcast continues to go in the future. Such a supporter of you and it. Um, so thank you again. Uh, thank you. It's been fantastic. And we will talk soon, eh? Definitely. When you get All right, back. mate. Okay. <laughs> See you soon. See you. Thank you.